You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Howdy and what's up? This is the Fake Teams Fantasy Basketball Pod. I am Natty. He is Brandon. The long two is on hiatus while Pete and his wife are pregnant, uh, but we're going to try to fill the void as best we can. This is still a pro Carmelo Anthony podcast, in my opinion. Yes, sir. Okay, right on. Brandon's on board. Uh, Real quickly, just want to say, read all the good writing on faketeams.com. Baseball's over, but thank you to all the guys who did such a great job this year. There's lots of football content, and there's also hockey and basketball. Brandon is one of the best fantasy players I know, which is why I wanted him on this podcast. Uh, He beat me in our league last season, and I'm still pretty fucking upset about that. B, let the people know who your teams are, who your favorite players are, what you think about basketball. Just give yourself a little intro. Sure. And, uh, you know, I appreciate that, Natty. And, um, you know, it's about time that you actually recognize us on this podcast Uh where Uh you should recognize, you know, exactly what happened. But I will say (laughs) that, you know, for all you guys out there that are thinking, guys and, and, and gals that are thinking, you know, if this guy just beat Natty, why have we been listening to Natty all of all this time? We should have been listening to Brandon. And before you, before you take it that far, I will say that this is year nine of that league and it is my first championship. So I will, I will, you know, put it in a little bit of perspective, but no, thanks a lot, Natty. So humble um, in your, in your winning. That's just, you know, that's nobility right there. I really respect that. It was a long time coming and it felt just as good as you would have thought after nine seasons to finally hoist the trophy and beat Natty to do it. It just, what could have been better? By, by how much, Brandon? How much did you win by? What was the uh, final score? Did that, you beat me not, in free throw percentage important. by a 10,000th of a point? Is that what happened? Something I similar? I honestly don't remember. I just remember <laughs> seeing, seeing, you know, that gold trophy. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, my teams are pretty simple. Um, I have three teams and, uh, none of them are pro basketball teams. I root for the former Oakland, now Las Vegas Raiders. I root (laughs) for the New York Yankees and I root for the university of California. So, um, basketball wise, (laughs) I really just, so a good season wise. so far for those teams. Everything going. This okay? is a basketball podcast, so we're we're moving on to sure. basketball. My sure. rooting interests. Poor Nevin, um, by the way. Gosh, just run that fucking bus right over him. Natty, back it all the way over him. Natty, it is just his keep fault. Keep it clean. 
Let's keep You're it right. clean. I'm sorry, champion. Let's keep I'm this sorry. podcast clean. Um, but you know, as Natty knows, I don't actually have a basketball team. Um, I love a lot of such an academic. You just like the sport. <laughs> well, I like certain players, a big Ben Simmons fan, which hasn't, you know, looked great as You're a recent a thousand but, with all these but, teams and uh, players you like, you know, I, I, I call myself rooting for the 76ers with Simmons, but, uh, yeah, it's been fun. It's been real fun. So speaking well, of that, you're you're glowing. You have the biggest smile on your goddamn face, and I hope you enjoy it. I'm happy for you. Uh, I, I've always loved your teams. We're pretty similar on some of the dudes we like, and we disagree on other dudes. Uh, Strong disagree on some of them. That's absolutely for sure. Also, mm-hmm. I've maybe beaten you once in 2K in my whole life. Maybe. Video games against Natty are, are fun, and, you know, you, you do get to rack up some wins from, it, from time to time. So You're so gracious. What a guy. You know, what, what a dad. Well done. Just building hey, team you know, spirit. You're I'm, a coach. I'm showing respect where respect is due. That is goddamn. You're so cool. I just like I don't have a real basketball team. I root for these other teams that maybe you've heard of in the news recently. Uh, also, I like Ben Simmons. <laughs> so let's just jump into Simmons. it. Okay, so here's a quick rundown on what this pod is going to go over. Uh, we're going to talk about Simmons, Kyrie, the Warriors, teams we love, teams we hate, rookies, any breakouts, sophomore breakouts. We're going to talk about the Pelicans and Zion. And then we're going to end the pod with players under 20% rostered that we think you should at least keep an eye on, if not outright pick up. So let's just start with Brandon's favorite player, the chosen one, Ben Simmons on the Philadelphia 76ers. What are your thoughts, B? Well, look, I'm, I'm not going to defend Ben Simmons here. Um, <laughs> wow, I think like that he has. I think I think that you know what he's doing. You know, in in this day and age, players have shown that they're going to try different negotiating tactics to to you know force front offices to make personnel decisions and, and get out of town if they they just really want to get out of that situation. Um, with that said, it looks like he may end up being here. So you know, if you if you look at their roster without Ben Simmons. Um, you know, the first name that jumps off the page is, is, you know, even though Shake Milton is listed as their number two, I think it's, it's Tyrese Maxey. Um, yeah. Maxey seems like either way, he's going to have a really good season to me. Um, he's not, he's not a guy that's necessarily going to be super efficient or provide a ton of like defensive supplementary supplementary uh, counting stats but if you're looking for scoring and if you're looking for a guy that hits threes and probably even gets you a decent amount of assists I really like Maxi um I like Shake as well I mean we see we've seen what Shake can do Shake can go nuts and you know put up serious scoring numbers so you know I I think that Ben Simmons for now is going to stick around now are they auditioning him to move him 
probably that's that's probably what they're trying to do. I just don't know if there's really anywhere that jumps off the page that's a great fit right now. Um, so, you know, I can't really place him on any team. Um, I don't know. What about you? What are your thoughts? I agree with you in the first part that, I mean, I basically agree with you on all of it. Like Ben tried to, you know, play his cards, didn't work out, but Kobe did the same thing, you know, like he Mm -hmm. had one foot out the fucking door and then, you know, he won MVP and titles. Um, This is, it's a little bit weird with Simmons just because of the style of how Philadelphia plays and their roster construction has been such a question his entire career there. So like, this isn't just about Ben Simmons wanting out of Philly. It's about, okay, their roster construction was faulty. Like everyone's been saying this for several years and now you're actually going to have to do it. And the ironic thing is that I think you're right. Like, I think there's a pretty significant chance he ends the season in Philadelphia. And if they have success, maybe he stays, you know? And yeah. in like three or four years, it's like, oh yeah, remember that off season and like, whatever, he was pissed and everything was weird. You know, COVID, like people freaked out a little bit. It's fine. Then they won two titles. Um, if Simmons doesn't play, I mean, I like Shake too, but like they just don't have a real starting point guard at that point. And asking Maxi to be your de facto starting point guard, like the the distributor, like mm-hmm. try to run the offense, like that's a pretty big ask for a second year player. Even though I, I love Tyrese, also I think he's going to have an enormous role on this team, whether Ben Simmons plays or not. Yep, but like. Without Ben, this team, it's not that it's bad. It's just definitely not at the level. Unless, you know, Shake jumps up a notch and surprises us. Uh, but they're like they're not gonna be able to compete with Brooklyn and Milwaukee. And no, maybe not no, even for with sure. the Heat. So um the fact that Ben Simmons is one of the few players on the planet that can like give a good showing of trying to guard Kevin Durant and Giannis is so fucking valuable in the playoffs. Yeah. And like, and Kawhi, like they were just a couple of bounces on a rim away from advancing. What? Two years ago, three years ago now, like they could have already had success, you know? So there's, I don't know. I, I I do feel like there's no real realistic spot for Ben right now that is actually better for success than Philadelphia because they've constructed their whole team around his inability to shoot. Like the team isn't really built for Joel Embiid. Like it's fine. Like they can go one in four out shooters with him. Like mm-hmm. because they constructed this team for a guy that can't shoot threes. Like yeah, Joel can, but like he'd rather you know be down low. So I don't, I don't, li- I don't, I don't want to see Joel Embiid shooting that many threes. I think that yeah. that yeah. never really seems to to be a recipe for success. I like that he has the ability to do it, but I agree. But right now, it just looks like this is kind of you know you you had you had your opportunity, you went shopping for the groceries. These are the guys you, you came to the dance with and 
I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, what let's come, what are your top two or three potential trade suitors in this situation? Do you still think Portland is in play? Portland is just dependent on their record two months in, I think. Like, if they have a pretty good record, then I think Dame stays. If they don't, then I think Dame's likely, or CJ, like, CJ could ask out first. If they're doing poorly, mm-hmm. and CJ's just like, man, fucking get me out of here. I'm tired of this. Like, I've been quiet, but I'm a better shooter now. I'm not, you know, like, I, I'm good, too. Um, yeah. The fact that Phoenix didn't extend DeAndre Ayton, I think, is like maybe a three-team trade because, of course, the Sixers wouldn't want Ayton. But, you know, it's like if he wants to leave for a team that will ex- give him all the money, like maybe you get a third team in there. So then you have CP3 and Ben and Devin Booker and Mikhail Bridges, who, by the way, should be on Philadelphia. And he's a hometown kid and his fucking mom worked for the Sixers and they traded him right after drafting him. Yeah. How good did that turn out? I remember that. And they interviewed his mom on Dude. TV. Yeah, oh. that's that was that was kind of brutal. Man. And he just got yeah. whatever ninety million dollars. So yeah, fuck you again. That's great. Yeah. But they like gave him that money before they gave Aiton money. So it's like you know, centers yeah. are sort of fungible unless you're like mm-hmm. one of the best ones, but like he he is, or at least he played like he was in the playoffs last year. I sort of feel like you just give that dude his yeah. money, and if you want to trade him later, you can trade him later. Now you just pissed him off, yeah. right? Yeah, but to bring it back to Philly, I mean, there just really is there. There really doesn't seem to be a, a natural fit right now. So, um, you know, I'm kind of under going into the fantasy season under the assumption that Ben is likely going to play. Um, I still don't quite understand why Ben Simmons, you know, refuses to take a shot. You know, we we've seen him shoot the ball and it looks pretty good. I don't understand why he just won't let it rip a little bit. Um, But, you know, until he does that, there's always going to be this offensive complication. Um, you know, that you just you just have to kind of assume is going to you're going to have to have a creative solution at the end of games, you know, with playing those two guys. Totally. And like so. Ben has to shoot in those situations too. You know, it's like he he was set up for success. He didn't have to pass it. I mean, I'm not as down on him on passing it up as a bunch of other people. I sort of feel like I can see what he thought would ha- would happen. Like he's handing the ball off to someone else who's going to get fouled. And like, that's going to be, I, I don't, but yeah, but I, I mean, it's quite, inexcusable, but like, I sort of get it. I think he didn't do it but, to piss people off. But I, that's the thing is I don't quite understand why Ben is being so passive because at what point has the narrative around Ben Simmons been that, you know, he's a bad that he he's taking bad shots and that he's not being an efficient scorer. That's never been the narrative. So like no one's criticizing you for taking shots, Ben. Why are you turning down just even if you get blocked and get fouled and miss two free throws, you know, no one's criticizing you for for getting to the basket. 
you know? So I don't know. It is. I guess we'll have to see what it comes down to Ben. Like, I mean, we know he can do it. Like he makes them in practice. He made, you know, he makes them. I know. Like when he's not playing. Also, the Sixers had another guy that couldn't shoot in Jimmy Butler. Like he's a terrible three point shooter. Um, and Tyrese Maxey can maybe emulate a little bit of Jimmy Bucket's driving ability, which mm-hmm. will complement that team a lot. I think it's just like Ben. Ben is on a team that has been really good over the past three years by record. They haven't advanced as far as people think they are capable of, but they got close that one time. And the team is basically constructed. Like if you just take out Embiid and Simmons, the names and are just like, okay, here's uh, two tall dudes one of them is a capable three-point shooter. The other one isn't. And then you consider all the other shooters on the roster. It's like, all right, well, that's basically a modern NBA roster. You know, it's like a bunch of shooters and then a couple of dudes that are in the dunker position. Um, but like Embiid does give up some of his maximum value for Ben's sake. Yeah. And that. I can't really say that that hurts the team too much because again, they've had success and both those dudes, you know, can score like, like you said, like Ben, I mean, Ben can score 20 plus points. Like he can get a triple double. He's incredible. And he's one of the best defenders on the planet and he's young as hell. He's still young as hell. So I don't know, like the yips, some sort of mental block, the fact that like you just, like Markel Fultz, like you're just really not confident in your jump shot. All those things combine. And also like the team, the team was begging him to take threes, but now it's like, okay, you don't take threes. So it's like, all right, mm-hmm. are, are you going to force him to do it or not? And I don't know what you do. Like, I, I sort of just feel like maybe you run it back and you depend upon the shooters around you and, you know, take each game as it comes, but I'd rather have an elite defender who I know can score in certain ways than trade him for like, you know, one of the fucking undersized Cavalier guards and whatever the finisher or something like, like there's, unless you're getting something, someone like Dame back trading him doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't at this point. And, and, you know, when you kind of consider that it sounds like or it seems like the uh, they could have had Harden, it's like you can't take a significantly lesser package than that now, you know? I just don't think that Tillman Fertitta would have traded with Daryl Morey. I just don't think that that was going to happen. Like, I know that, like, from reading it, it does seem like, okay, well, that was, you know, realistic, but it's like, no fucking way, man. There's no way Tillman Fertitta That's a good is going point. to trade with him. Uh, but whatever. That's just pure speculation. The thing is that the Sixers a- are a good team, with or without Ben. And with Ben, they're, I think they're probably a top four team in the East still. I agree. 
I agree. And I think that from a fantasy perspective, I still think that this is going to be a team where you're going to get a lot of production. So if Ben, you know, for whatever reason does not play, um, I, I really do think that these, these two guards could really have an impact this year. And even if he does play, I still think that they're going to do well. Um, the, the question for me with this, with the Sixers has been, and continues to be, you know, kind of the same situation as Portland had uh, over the years, which is like the wing, right? You know, who's that third guy? You've got Joel and Tobias in the front court, and then you've got Ben, and you've got Seth Curry, who, you know, we know what Seth Curry's on the floor to do, but who's that third guy? And right now it's Danny Green and Tybul, um, the combination of those two guys, and it just – to me, and that's, Isaiah that's Joe, big of a asshole. Part. Come on, don't and forget Isaiah, Isaiah Joe. Joe. And Isaiah Joe. <laughs> um, but I just, that's that's to me as big of an issue as the, the sure. Joel and Ben fit is that spot. Like, I would love to see Buddy Heald on this team, you know? Like, or just an elite three-point shoot like a dude yeah that you can just or even mm-hmm. like someone like mcdermott you know just like a catch and shoot three dude who's base and i love toby i love toby and that he can go off for 30 you know like he's there to score for sure yep but you know we both love maxi it's also asking a lot of a young guy you know, we're, it is. maybe we're asking a lot of Shake Milton. Danny Green didn't look great last year. He's also passed his prime on defense, which is, I think, one of the main reasons why you wanted him in the first place. So this team does sort of seem like it's primed for a trade, even if they keep Simmons. Agreed. 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 But, like, who's the dude – that you like who could you possibly be getting really i mean you everybody wants a wing you know like everybody wants that three and d wing so i don't know it's a long season and like no no team is going to look the same in you know five months everybody makes trades the rosters churn people get injured uh people get called up now which is awesome go g league right on yeah i love that it's great. It's absolutely great. Yeah. Um, and we should maybe think about like implementing or incorporating that into ball. Don't lie. We, we can talk about that on outside right. of the podcast. Uh, okay. Cool. So let's move on to the next ridiculous team, a competitor to the Sixers, the Brooklyn Nets. What do you mm-hmm. think Kyrie's up to? Is he faking it? Is is he vaxxed? Is he going to be like, just kidding, guys. Here's my vax card. Like, I just really, it's like football. I didn't want to play in preseason. Fuck all this shit. Like, I'm fine. Let's go. Um, No, I think I'm going the other way, man. I think Kyrie is, he's, he's kind of drawn his line in the sand. And, um, you know, I don't see him getting vaccinated at all anytime soon and i think that the best bet for him and brooklyn is that um, new york state and new york city lift there at some point if they end up lifting the requirement 
um, to be vaccinated and play indoor professional sports. But I don't see Kyrie backing down on this one because from what I've read, it doesn't seem like he's going to necessarily um, lose enough money for it to uh, to really make a huge dis- you know impact on his overall net worth. And um, he just seems like he's he's really serious about this one. Um, you know me, I've, I'm a big fan of Kyrie's game. You know, Hell we've yeah. had our league going for nine years. I've, I drafted him in the first, you know, the onset of that league. Um, so I've had him in fantasy and really followed his game living in the New York area, you know, watching his games, watching him with Cleveland. Um, so, you know, I love, I love what he does on the court and, uh, you know, I really think it's a shame because, that's another team where I, I kind of feel the same way as you, what you said about MB, uh, I'm sorry, Simmons and the Sixers in that you think they're going to be pretty good regardless and they're going to be, you know, a high scoring offense. I think that's obviously the case here when you have Durant and James Harden. Um, this team could still ultimately be the best team in the East without Kyrie, you know? Totally. Um, but, you know, we – I don't know. If you, maybe people that hate this the super team era don't want to see it, but I wanted to see this team, you know, have a run and see what they're capable of, at yeah. least for a full season. And, yeah. um, you know, I feel like as, as basketball fans, we're kind of missing out. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, like I, I, I – Kyrie seems like he, he's pretty serious about this one. What do you think? Obviously, it's hella cool to see incredible players play with each other. Like, that's what Angels fans thought they were going to get this season. They didn't get it, but, like, (laughs) and, you know, those poor bastards anyway. But, like, obviously, you want to see Golden State death lineup play. Obviously, you want to see the Heatles. Obviously, you want to see the Brooklyn Big Three play because – it's as close an approximation that we get outside of the all-star games and uh, global basketball, like the Olympics and world. And it's, it's sort of rare. I mean, I guess it's not sort of rare. Like all the different eras have at least three dudes on the team for the most part, but these three guys are an offensive juggernaut together. Like it is the, if, if they all three were going to be able to play this season, like no holds barred, then they would have broken offensive records for sure. Mm-hmm. And they all do different things. Like Kai's handle is the sickest thing in basketball, arguably. It is so fucking yep. amazing. He still has it. Like he's a little bit overrated in certain ways, but like he. But not as a ball handler. Dude, he's like, his, and that's his the, ball handling one is... of the most important things you can do as a fucking basketball player. You know, it's like, yeah. he's, uh, he's so incredible to watch. And he, he can do such magic on the court. Um, the problem, well, it's not a problem, but I agree with you. The thing about Kyrie is that his skills or his impact, I think is easier to replicate 
on this team than if you had lost Harden or Durant. Obviously Durant. But like they don't actually yeah, you, need Kyrie to be in Yeah, for sure. Because Kyrie, it's like, all right, cool. Well now we just either want we just want another guard out there who can shoot threes. We don't fucking care if he wants to take like he's not gonna take twenty shots. Like those mm-hmm. shots go to us. They go like they're there. You can make an argument that there's like more ball movement and they actually go at a more efficient uh, offensive rate just because they're not trying to do like, okay, now it's your turn. Like now it's your turn. Um, the Brooklyn nets were put into a sort of impossible situation, but I do sort of feel like Kevin Durant saying like don't worry about it is evidence that we actually shouldn't because they can do fine without kai they can do fine without him in a in more of a way than they could without harden or or kd like they're still just at the same level as the bucks i think even without kai so let's let's look let's talk about their roster a little bit outside of the big three so their starting five right now is Harden, Joe Harris, Bruce Brown, KD. Bruce Brown favorite. at the three, who is basically the dude that they sent to the dunker spot. Like, he is not an outside shooter. Yeah, yeah, I think he shot yeah, under 30% all... from three. Like, he's he's a dude you want in the paint, even though he's, like, whatever, 6'4". Some, some of those playoff games were, were absolutely brutal, watching Bruce yeah. Brown just just – Butcher the game of basketball on the offensive end. Former Piston, but, no big deal. But I do like Bruce Brown as a as a rebounder and as a guy who can switch and play on a few guys on defense. Um, at the five, Lamarcus Aldridge, your favorite, dude. But LMA. God bless. So can we just talk? Let's talk about Brooklyn's Brooklyn's center rotation just a little bit because mm-hmm. I actually I actually really like this unit. I don't like any one particular guy but i like the guys that they have collectively here so they have lamarcus sure. aldridge paul Millsap, nick claxton and blake griffin to kind of go with kd in that four or five spot right um All, you, you could say that none of those guys are true centers like yeah but i mean, I mean you've got enough size to sufficiently play the position in today's NBA. Um, I think Claxton, you know, he's, he's still developing. He's still so raw. I I think that he can continue to be just, you know, the, in the the dunker spot and a guy who's going to get rim runs and the energy, especially coming off the bench, like fucking run all over the goddamn arena. That's what we want. Yeah. And Blake, I I think that Blake, I you know, I really loved what I saw from Blake last year. Yes. Just being able to just yes. throw his body around, and you know, if he gets hurt, no one cares. I mean, it's like not saying yeah. that we don't care right. about Blake. We obviously don't want him to get hurt, but you know, he can be a little reckless out there with his body, and if he gets injured, it doesn't hurt the team offensively in the slightest. So, totally. um, I kind of like former Piston. No big deal. yo hold on though okay when he went to the nets he played 26 games with the nets blake did and remember he couldn't dunk before he got to brooklyn i'm not gonna hate on it though like 
He, he didn't have a single dunk that year, right, before he went correct. to Brooklyn. Correct. And really, what's the difference between that and Ben Simmons not taking threes? Honestly, like Blake Griffin's there to dunk. He refuses to do it. Cool. Get him out of there. Anyway. Tough but fair. Once he got to Brooklyn, Blake Griffin had a 61 true shooting percentage. Wow. A 61 true shooting percentage, 26 games. He shot 38% from three. He's also turned into a pretty good ball distributor. Like some of Kyrie's assists could maybe go to Blake Griffin as, you know, a point. You read my mind. You read my mind. It is. He's such a good basketball player, and now he's an afterthought. And he was only, he wasn't playing that many minutes last year. Like, if he gets back up to like 28, maybe even 30 minutes a game, like that could be a really big fucking deal. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think, I don't know if I see him playing that many minutes, but I absolutely love. Blake Griffin in this role that they have him in because like you said between his shooting his passing and then his just ridiculous you know layups or dunks that he's going to get one or two a game of it's just like he's a perfect energy guy and you know like you said they don't have a true center so I think in crunch time I don't know about you but I think it's Blake KD Joe Harris James Harden and I guess Bruce Brown. Yeah. At that point, I think you're talking about matchups and it may come down to Millsap or Mills. Like those are two closers Mm -hmm. that could really, really help this team. I mean, I think both of us love Paul Millsap, right? Like just a quiet dude who's been good forever. Yeah. He, the, the, thing with Paul Millsap is you can't ask him to do too much at this point in his career. And so I don't really want to see Paul Millsap taking two shots in back-to-back possessions. You know, I don't want to see Paul Millsap being asked to do too much on the defensive end, but I do love him as just a really, really smart player that, you know, plays the game the right way as far as, you know, being able to shoot pass and, you know, move around on defense and, and really slide his speed. So I do like, I do like Millsap. Um, but I, I agree with you, Patty Mills, um, you know, a guy who's pl- has a lot of experience in the playoffs. So, you know, we could see a lot of Mills Harden uh, uh, backcourt with Joe Harris sliding out to the three. Yeah, Joe Harris just, excuse me, he is... Just being an animal out there. But, like, he didn't have a great season last year, but he's also the dude where it's like, you have such a defined role that we just don't need to worry about you at all. Like, sometimes, you know, the, the balls just fall bad. You know, like, sometimes you're hitting almost home runs but they get caught for two weeks straight and joe harris didn't have a great year but like we know that he's one of the most elite three-point shooters in the league and i sort of feel like the teams that know what they're doing are trying to target these dudes where it's like you're not exactly a specialist like you're not a three and d guy but you are 
just a sniper and you help us space so well. Like the fact that Sacramento isn't starting Buddy Healed is kind of a sin to me because of how much he helps with spacing for the rest of your team. Also, so whatever, Sacramento, like we don't need to get into it. But yeah, <laughs> Joe Harris, like he's he's there to help everybody else. So Sometimes he'll have 13 points a night. Sometimes he could get up to 28, you know, depending. Like, he can make six threes in a game, no problem. And if Kyrie and if Kyrie ends up being out for an extended period of time, um, Joe Harris might be a guy to target in fantasy leagues because, like you said, sure. he didn't have a great year last year. He wasn't, you know, great in the playoffs. Um, and so, you know, he might be a guy that, you know, you might be able to pick up and his usage might be, be up a tick just, you know, just due to a few more possessions have to go around. Dude. And those guys are constantly undervalued in fantasy. Like I think Duncan Robinson is like under 30% owned or something, you know, like Brolo, Brooke Lopez, like a consistent Mm -hmm. three point threat. Um, even Buddy Heald to a certain extent, uh, it's it's weird that in the new NBA, people don't actually value the the elite three point shooters like in fantasy as much as they should because these guys always end up top seventy five. Yep, it's like, and you barely have to pay for them. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. Anyway, Brooklyn will be fine. Uh, I think we both agree no matter what, like with or without Kyrie. So that's weird though, because the two teams we just talked about that have been in the news, we think both those teams are going to be fine no matter what. Yeah. But real quick, Brooklyn, let's say, so Kyrie's issue right now, it's not with the team. It's really his issue is with um, the city's mandate. Right. And so the state, so what if he just went the other way and just went like Florida Orlando, Kyrie to Orlando. Think about it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it next week. It's God, Orlando. This is H. <laughs> Goddamn fucking Christ. <laughs> like, Kyrie, I, I could spend man? an entire hour talking about them. I really could. Um, if Kai got to a team where he could just not have to take the shot. And then you only miss the games you play in Brooklyn, Manhattan, and San Francisco, I think. Yep. Uh, although maybe it's not for the visiting teams. It's maybe just for the home teams, right? Like maybe the visiting teams don't need to be vaxxed. Is that true? I, don't, I forget what no. the rule is. I assume, I, assume, I assume the visitor must also be vaxxed. Also, I mean, Kyrie in Orlando with Jonathan Isaac – that's that's two of the three, although Maple Jordan yeah. got the shot. But whatever. Kai is incredible, and you can put him on any team and he'll fit, really. Like, he's an interchangeable yeah. guy. Um, I mean, all three of the big three in Brooklyn are. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's, let's move on to our next team. Actually, let's talk about the Pelicans. Like, we're talking about teams that, like, what the fuck is going on? This is maybe another team that can be okay with without Zion, without a star player, yes or no? 
Uh, if by okay you mean if they can still you know play professional basketball games, sure. But as far as winning them, I meant win um, the finals. <laughs> um, I don't see too many wins in their future without Zion. So their starting five goes: Devonte Graham, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Brandon Ingram. We're going to skip over the power forward for now. And then Jonas Valanciunas. So contract year, big year coming up for Jonas. I think off the bench, they have Sadoransky, who I like Trey Mur- Murphy, the third, the rookie, which is mm-hmm. kind of a redundant name. Uh, Josh That's Hart. That's true. Three M three. Yeah. It's like we and Trey usually implies you're the third, but I like it. TM three. Uh, Josh Hart, Najee yeah. Marshall, yeah. and Jackson Hayes. I like Jackson Hayes, but like, who cares? <laughs> they have I mean, Willie Hernan Gomez as well, who did play a fair amount last year when when Zion was hurt. Oh, and Kira Lewis, right? Did you say Kira and Lewis? Ke- well, I was just kind of running through their second unit. Kira Lewis is listed third, but yes, we should mention Kira Lewis. I, dude, I, I like him could, more than I like Naw. Or I guess uh, I want to see f- how he plays more than I'm interested. Even I like Alexander Walker. It's just that, like, I, I don't know. For whatever reason, I'm curious to see what Kira can do. No, Kira, Kira is definitely a guy that, you know, is going to have the opportunity to to do a lot more. Um, like Maybe this team's so he's... fucking dumb. Like, who knows? Yeah. So, no, I think this team. I think this team is going to stink. I mean, I, I really, I love Brandon Ingram. I think that he's going to, you know, take on more playmaking. I think that he is going to, you know, if you just kind of, kind of just extrapolate out, you know, how, how old is Brandon Ingram right now? Twenty four, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So he's twenty four yeah. years old. Um, you know, last year he shot 88% from free throw line, um, 38 from three, 47 from, from the field. So, Dude. you know, I mean, and those it looks assists. like a 50, a My 50 40, like, coming. Just, you, yeah. Sure. Sure. Oh he, yeah. We I, didn't mention that maybe, with Kyrie. Yeah. Kai did that too. But like BI. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, maybe it's not, it's not this year or even next year, but I, I think at some point we see a 50, 40, 90 out of him. And, you know, he's, he's probably going to score more this year. So you figure if he scores in the mid to upper twenties and gives you, you know, five plus assists and rebounds. It's pretty 25, elite. five uh, and five. Like why knocking not down two and a half, two and a half threes a game. So yeah, yeah, he'll he'll have an amazing season, uh, but the team is not going to be good. Do you disagree? I'm, well, I, I they're a lock in the Western Conference Finals for me. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I still think that Bi could be an MVP someday. Like I think that his scoring talent is at that uh, level. I absolutely fucking love him. Um, I'd rather have him than Zion just because of the injury stuff. Like Zion is transcendent. He's a meteor. He's a shooting star. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also fat and injured again. Whereas no, Brandon Ingram seems to be always available. 
and is still super duper young. He can shoot over people, which I love. And he's like, he's a little bit like Durant in that he has a thin frame, but he's like putting on muscle. So he's stronger than he looks like he's not getting pushed around as much as he used to. I really like the fact that he was dishing dimes more last year. And I think with Ion being there, that's going to go up again. I think Brandon Ingram could be like a most improved player candidate this year. Like if he gets the scoring up for real, like what if he's up to, you know, near 30 points per game while given, you know, four and four or five and five. Yeah. What if he's the only reason the Pelicans are good? Mm hmm. And, you know, they, as you and I talked about off air the other day, it's, it's like almost like New Orleans wants to just get rid of all their point guards. They're just like, please. Yeah. We don't, <laughs> you know, they, I mean, Lonzo Ball was such a natural fit there. Yeah. Um, and defensively, yeah. when you have Ingram, Lonzo, and Zion, not to mention Drew Holiday, God um, damn. who they dealt as well. Um, so, you know, we're not really, you and I both, we're, we're neither of us are too impressed with what's going on with this front office. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, yeah, Brandon Ingram, I mean, could he be a top 10 player this year? I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think so, right? Um, so, Brandon Ingram, does Brandon Ingram have a better overall season in fantasy than Zion for you? Absolutely. We don't know when Zion's coming back and his injury, the foot injury, it's a Franken Frank like Liz Frank. It's not that great. Yeah, Liz Frank. I think that's what it is. And it's like he's heavier because he can't work out, obviously. But also like that's putting more pressure on your foot. And big dudes I mean, he's only 6'6 or 6'7, but he's also like 280 fucking pounds. Like, foot injuries are a big fucking problem for NBA players. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they usually lead to other things because parts of your body start to overcompensate for you not wanting to use your foot like you used to. So it's like it goes to your knees and then it goes to your hips and then it goes to your back. Uh, Zion, every time he plays... It's fucking amazing, and he's one of the best things in the NBA. He's a great all-around player. I mean, he his passing is like, dude, he, his defense guy. is he, bullshit. In the NBA, you know he's a good defender. He doesn't put in the work on that end. Not not during. Not from what I saw last year, anyway. Like he should yeah, be so much better on defense. He's not a great on-ball defender, but he can spark, you know, he can make big defensive plays. And he seems to have a nose, a knack for making the the play at the right time. And, you know, when you're a guy like him or like Luca or like Trey, the defense definitely matters less. But if he were able to unlock his two-way potential, which I think does exist – then I think that's the road he could travel on to the point where, like, you could legitimately say you'd rather have him than Luca. 
I think he's one of the few young players out there where you could be like, you know what? If everything goes right, I'd rather have him than Luca. Yeah. Cause Luca and doesn't it, fucking want to play defense. For and, a dynasty, and sure. He's too busy. Like he's exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not ask any more of Luca. Okay. Yeah. yeah uh, that's fine. In a dynasty league real quick. Yeah. You take Brandon Ingram or Zion at this point. B.I. Right for sure. Absolutely. You're taking Ingram. Yeah. hundred times out of a hundred. Like you're just, yeah. the injury risk is too great. I'm sorry. It yep. sucks. And I do think that David Griffin and the Pelicans have sort of added to the negativity of it by being like, oh, yeah, by the way, he had surgery. We didn't tell anybody. And then we said he was going to be ready for the regular season, and he obviously won't be. And now we don't know when he's coming back or if he comes back. There is, I think, an at least 5% chance that Zion doesn't play this year. Yeah, and that sucks, but... Yeah, I agree. I'm taking Ingram. He's he's 24. Like, yep. like him and Ben Simmons should be on the same team because they just sort of look lanky arms. You know, they're fucking long and thin, but they sort of complement each other. Shit, trade Zion to the Sixers. Let let Ben come to Nolans. Fucking, that would be awesome. That'd be cool. All right, we're going to take a short commercial break. We'll be back in just a second. We are back. I hope you liked those ads as much as we did. They were great. Uh, Okay, let's move on. Rookies, who do you like? Give me a couple. Um, Okay, so, you know, this rookie class, you kind of have the obvious guys at the top. Um, You know, Love Kate Cunningham and the Nat- Yeah. Oh man, you do. Me too. I think he's going to be nat- really, really good. But that you know, the natural <laughs> inclination is to to kind of compare him to Simmons. They went to the same high school. Um, they're both you know really tall point guard, pass first point guards. But uh, I think that Cade is you know I'm not comparing it to comparing these two guys, but I think his game is probably a little bit more similar to a Luca into a Simmons and that I think Cade's going to be craftier than people think Um, maybe not quite as explosive but I think he's going to be a really crafty player who's going to make smart basketball decisions and at that size he should be able to be you know really good on defense Um, but the guys that I like that if you dig a little deeper um, oh I'm sorry was I being shallow I apologize. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Do you think the number one pick will be good, Natty? Yes, I do. I do think that he's going to be a pretty good pick. Fuck you. Um, Oh, my God. By the way, I love uh, that point about, like, athleticism not being the end point. Like, Luca isn't the fastest dude in the league, but he can still score. I think that's important to remember. Yeah. I mean. Anyway, go ahead. Footwork. and But the guys, three guys I like that are um, a little bit, a little bit further under the radar um, are, and not, not, you know, too deep, but uh, I like Scotty Barnes. Um, yes. I think that he's going to, I think that he is more of a playmaker than people realize. And I think that, you know, right now um, you do have dragage there. Um, but I think that there's really that point guard void is, is still kind of there from Kyle Lowry leaving. And I think that, 
Um, you're going to see OG Ananobi and uh, Pascal Siakam kind of dominate the ball a little bit more. But um, I think there's room for Barnes to come in and probably carve out more of a role than people realize. Um, maybe he's not a guy who immediately jumps off the page like in the first half of this season, but I think towards the end of the season, you'll start to, to, to really see some, some good stuff out of him. Um, I also like book night. I like oh, book night. really? Okay. All right. I like, book. okay. Is that your guy? Was that your guy? No, 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 no. Oh. I'm on the Scotty Barnes trade. The book, book night, night thing. There are two types of people, people that give a shit about Jane book night and people that don't. I'm the latter. I don't really give a shit about him this year anyway. Like I, there's just so many other dudes, but go ahead, make yeah. your case, convince me. Uh, book night to me. I mean, look, he's probably, if you needed a bucket out of anybody in this draft class, I think he's the guy that if I need a basket right now, I think book night gets me that basket. And yeah, granted he's going to a team in Charlotte where LaMelo ball, Lamelo, you know Lamelo Ball, your boyfriend, there, your fantasy here. boyfriend. Let people know. Yeah, yeah, Lamelo Ball. I, I, I think Lamelo. I think his usage goes up this year, and I think that he could be uh, probably a second team All NBA. Dude, y'all, you don't know. Like Brandon's been like an Alabama Senate candidate, like with Lamelo Ball, like tracking him <laughs> from malls since he was fourteen. Yeah. He's been watching. Yeah. He's been ready. Yeah, he I have is all the in all love the with ball. Lamp. Oh yeah, get Both the balls. ball, brothers in fantasy always. Um, and he but- is he was better than advertised. Like I was, it wasn't just pleasantly surprised. I was like, stand up and clap. I'm so excited that he's this good, Lamelo. Well, like, I, well, I thought Lamelo would be the best of the ball brothers, but I did not expect him to come in right away and be quite this good. Um, but I mean, he's six last. foot eight. He's six yeah. foot eight, and he's yeah. been you know scoring for a long time. I mean, the kid scored a hundred points in a high school game when he was like fifteen, I think. So, um, you know, I think so. I think book night though. I think yeah. There's you've got Lamelo and Rozier, but I mean, every team right now is playing so small that three guards. Your third guard is basically a starter. And the, yeah. that guy's going to get significant usage like he's a starter. So um, sure. I see Book Knight stepping into that Malik Monk um, role a little bit. And I see him. You mean where they don't play him? <laughs> when in the Malik Monk role, when Malik Monk comes in and goes crazy every now and again for 20 points. I don't think that Book Knight is a guy that is going to be first team all rookie, but I do think that he's a guy that's going to be a really good basketball player that is going to be in that rotation for a while. The reason I think book night, like if he's good, then I think that means that you can trade Terry or Hayward. And if I was the GM, I'd want to do one of those this season, at least maybe both because like, with Gordon Hayward, like, let's say the impossible happens and Gordon Hayward stays healthy the whole year, you know? Let's say that the Hornets are, like, the sixth seed in the East because everyone stayed healthy and everyone, you know, jumped up a notch and, like, 
you know, LaMelo's not an all-star yet, but that's just because there's so many good players and like he definitely will be next year. That's still not a team that can like compete to get to the finals. Like even if everybody's like at 110%, that's still a team that loses to the Bucks. Like there's there's a case to be made that they have a harder ceiling, I think, than a lot of the other teams I like in the East. Mm-hmm. And I do kind of feel like maybe this is a year where not to take a step back, but to be sort of realistic, like we want to keep Bridges. We want to keep PJ Washington. We want them both to be starters like Hayward. You're great. And we love you. And thank you for signing with us. But like you are an injury risk as much as anyone in the league. Like you, we, Hitching our wagon to your star is dangerous. And if we can get someone else in return, like either a pretty good pick or a pretty good complimentary player, and we get to get out of your salary, like maybe we'll do that. And Scary Terry, I just love that he ended up earning that contract. And I think that he's like a really solid player who's the sort of dude, like he's not the uh the gold star you get during trade season, but he's like the next dude, you know, he's like the Mm -hmm. consolation prize. Yeah. But I just like, do you honestly think that this team with everyone healthy and doing extremely well could get to the Eastern conference finals? No, they, I mean, they're kind of just running a lot of wings out there. They're, I mean, Mason Plumlee is the starting center, but, um, right, it's and Mason Plumley. Like, yeah, and, that's another placeholder, and that's it, right? And then they go PJ Washington, um, and you know Miles Bridges at the four. So you know, I love the idea of just running and letting Lamelo just just keep everyone involved and and a million possessions. But at the end of the day, you know, like I need to see something from the front court that lets me know that you stand a chance against Giannis Embiid, um, you know, even Brooke Lopez, right. You know, when, when you're going to go up against Deandre Ayton or any of these guys, Jokic, um, I just, I don't see PJ Washington and Mason Plumlee really totally. uh, standing a chance. So, um, you know, I, I love this team. I think this is a team that, is going to be fun to watch every night. Yes. I mean, LaMelo is probably a top five or 10 most fun guy to watch in the league right now, you know? Um, and Gordon, I hear you. Uh, I hear what you're saying about Gordon and don't disagree with any of that. I do like watching Gordon though. I love the way he plays. He's a smart sure. guy and he, he's a, uh, he's an unselfish player too. And so I like watching Gordon out there. Um, but agreed. I don't, he doesn't, he does seem like a placeholder. Um, so, you know, in three years, who's on this team that's on this, the, the team right now in your eyes, dude, in three years, I think LaMelo could maybe be a perennial all NBA player, like mm-hmm. maybe not top five, but like third team. Also, if, if they were to have success this year, like actual success, I think it's because LaMelo like ascended to become one of the 20 best players in the NBA. But yep. I think you can 
find similar guys to PJ, and I love PJ. I love him with every ounce of my body. You do. You love PJ. I love him with every ounce of your body, too. Like, I love him beyond. Uh, I don't love him more than Miles Bridges, though. My man can slam dunk, Brandon. Yeah. That dude fucking plays basketball. He knows what you want to see. He knows how hard you fucking want it. Like, when he dunks, it's so fucking incredible. And just, uh, I love watching him play. I think that him and LaMelo are a dynamic duo. And I sort of feel like, you know, maybe like a 10-year partnership kind of thing. Like, yeah, there's complimentary pieces around them, but it's like those two together are super fucking radical i love those two so it's those two and then it's probably who knows it could be a whole new slate but oh, if yeah. book night is able to hang around right. book night could be a good fit long term with this team because totally. he is a legit three and d but a guy who can create his own shot if he needs to so i like book night long term We'll see. He's like this draft was so weird, you know. And mm-hmm. once you got past the first couple of picks, and even Scotty Barnes be- being picked by Toronto, like that was a big surprise. People weren't expecting that. Um, yeah. And yo, know, it's not like Charlotte hasn't been drafting well recently. Like Book Knight's kind of like Bane from last year in Memphis, where it's like Bane if he can just knock him down then that's a dude who should that's be my, starting for you. And then you can trade some of these other guys. So that was one of my sophomores. Oh, really? Okay. Dude, yeah. Those are kind of similar players. Like, yeah, I, and I really are. like Desmond Bain. So maybe I should look at book night again. Like if I like Bain, then why wouldn't I like book night? That's yeah. a fair point. Um, they're okay. So before we so get to sophomores, rookies. then you're rookies. Okay, let's see. So, oh, we said both of mine. Scotty Barnes and Cade Cunningham. I'll just say this about Cade. Uh, Having a larger point guard, a taller point guard at the point of attack, I think is a good thing um, in today's day and age. Like, not to throw shit at undersized guards who are having a renaissance. It's just that it's so much fucking easier, man. It's just easier with like having court just, vision, being able to shoot over people. Um, it's just and just defensive versatility. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you exactly. don't. You're not. You you have a small point guard. He can only guard one guy on the other team. Right, and you need to be able to r- construct your roster around that weakness. Like with Atlanta mm-hmm. and Trey Young, it's like you know a, a small point guard can only really get you so far. Like. Kai on Cleveland when it was like a ton of fucking shooters, but also really good defenders around him and LeBron. Um, There's. But no, I agree. Cade, Cade's got this, the height that, I mean, that's the prototype right now. So. And it seems like he has the smarts too. And it's like you, I'm a little skeptical. I mean, obviously I think the Pistons will win the finals this year, but in four or in five. Uh, yeah, it's a sweep. <laughs> yeah. I don't care who they're going up against. It's four. 
Like, I think there's a really good argument to be made that they'll have the worst record in the NBA this year. And the reason I say that is because usually when you have a rookie or young point guard, you'd like to have a veteran center. And usually when you have a rookie or young center, you'd like to have a veteran point guard because the two help each other in Mm -hmm. that, like, it's just so much easier, especially for bigs. It's just so much easier when you have a point guard who knows what he's doing. Like you don't have to fucking clean up as many mistakes and with Cade and Beef Stew, Isaiah Stewart, who's the young center for the Pistons, I don't oh, know yeah. if that's actually going to be. That like, was my other sophomore. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I think yeah. he's going to do well. I just, you know, it takes a while for people to sink. So I don't, well, I think a bunch of Pistons might actually look okay individually. I don't think the team record will be there. I think it could even be, you know, like 17 or 18 wins, honestly, especially if halfway, you know, at the trade deadline, they're like, all right, Jeremy, like you want to go to a title team? Sure. Kelly Olenek out of here. Sure. Yeah. Well, since we're talking Pistons, Isaiah Stewart is one of my sophomore guys that I, I really like. He's kind of like a time Lord, Robert Williams, but with a three point shot. Um, so he seems like a guy who could give you and a better nickname. <laughs> I don't know if it's better than Time Lord. That's true. Um, They're both really good, though. <laughs> this, this this audience already already knows him as Time Lord, so I don't have to. I don't have to make that uh, distinction. But uh, yeah, I I like I like Stewart a lot as a guy who's going to score rebound. And hit yeah. some threes and block some shots. So, yeah. um, I you know I think he's a he, pretty like natural dark horse to average a double double at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, with with you know one and a half, maybe one and a half blocks and one three. Sure, totally right. Yeah. So, um, I like him a lot. Uh, I also, you know, this one we we mentioned Desmond Bain. Uh, you know, Desmond Bain he shot forty three percent last yeah. year, dude. Yeah, He's, so I mean, and not for nothing, but like Ja could use floor spacing, and well, Ja, as much as I, we'll we'll talk about you know that team a little bit more later, maybe, but Ja is you know the, his glaring hole, his glaring issue right now is shooting. Right. So a guy like Bain who can knock it down at that clip, totally, you know, I like him a lot. Um, but I also like, and this is not no no sleeper here, but uh. I think Wiseman is due to to really kind of expand his role a little bit. Um, I don't think that James Wiseman is going to necessarily project to take the same career arc as DeAndre Ayton, which is, I think, the comp most people were putting on him coming out yeah, of the draft. Uh, sure. Maybe he needs to try to kind of follow more in like a Jaron Jackson um, kind of style and and try to expand. Well, his neither game of them a little play that much, so he's already there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you saw Jaron tip Jackson your servers an extension today. So uh, yeah, totally. So you and know, I Memphis is all thing. in on him, um, which is crazy when you consider how many games he's played. He's his contract is probably for more millions of dollars than games that he's played in his career. Oh. But, Dude, uh, but it's like you can't just let that asset go. Like that's why Phoenix wow, like should have given Aiden whatever he said. Like 
Yeah. You, you can trade him in five fucking minutes. Who cares? Exactly. Yeah. Like but, uh, Westbrook no, and I, CP3 and Blake get traded all the goddamn yeah. time. These guys yeah, are five true. years old. You can trade them. Yeah. But uh, no, I think Wiseman, I think Wiseman this year, second year in, I mean, and you have to okay. remember that those guys didn't, that rookie class last year did not get anything that resembled kind of the normal um, introduction to the NBA. Of course. And um, so I think course, another year yeah. in, I think Wiseman, I really do think that long-term he's going to develop as a, as a decent three-point shooter. Not saying he'll be even league average, but for his position, I think he'll be, you know, average to above average. And, you know, defensively, it seems like once he figures it out, he could be a real force. Um, he's obviously not going to be asked to do a lot on the offensive end with with the firepower that the Warriors have. But uh, I think Wiseman is a guy that, you know, you could you could get a, be pleasantly surprised by his production this year. I like that. I like that because the Warriors are maybe more desperate than they seem. Uh, mm-hmm. I like that because why shouldn't we believe? Like, dude got injured. Why shouldn't we believe? You know, like... He couldn't play every game during a fucking crazy season. No shit. Lots of people mm-hmm. couldn't. He's a young big and they take time. Like Aiton getting Chris Paul changed DeAndre Aiton. If they hadn't gotten Chris Paul, I don't think that he would be at the level that Aiton would be at the level he is right now. He had the point god. He's a young center. We just said this. He's a young center with basically the best veteran point guard you could possibly ask for. He's talked about it publicly. Like, there's so much to learn when you're a young big. And, dude, now it's like you're basically just a high schooler and you don't even, like, have that much college experience. And you're having to learn these really intricate and sophisticated professional sets you know Mm -hmm. and like also all these dudes are much heavier than you are they're much stronger than you are it's not that they're smarter than you are it's just that they have more experience and they know what they're doing and you don't and like oh by the way we'd really like to win the title this year like it's just a lot to ask (laughs) of a young big you know like it's so it's so fucking hard to be good as a center right off the bat. It's just so fucking hard to do that. Some people can do it. Um, I mean, Embiid missed all of the games over his first two seasons, and then he was really good and progressively got to the point where, like, he could win MVP this year. If he plays like he did last year, but without getting hurt, he could win MVP. Him and Joker were neck and neck. He's a but top five MVP candidate. It's like Wiseman. I keep going back and forth between thinking like this is the worst situation for him to be in and it's the best situation for him to be in. Because on the one hand, it's like you're not going to have better teachers than this on this team. Like Steph will help teach you. Dre will help teach you. Clay will help teach you. Kerr will help teach you. Andre Iguodala is back there. Like everyone is totally willing to be on your side and help you succeed. But it's like the pressure of the immediate situation is so intense to me that I kind of feel bad for him. 
I think he yeah, could be he good. Is. I'm just like, that's I, a lot, man. That's a lot. I, I, but I think with Clay, once Clay's back, if they start to have some success, then he is in a position where he just has to be an athlete. They don't, sure. once they don't need him to score, then there's really not much pressure on him. It's just go out there and just be an athlete and make a play. Totally. And, um, I don't know that, you know, physically his gifts are just, they're pretty special. Um, so that's a guy that I'd, I'd like to see in year two. Um, who, what about you? What's, what sophomore guys do you, do you like this year? Well, I just want to say one more thing about Wiseman. Uh, I just also don't see a world in which he closes games for them, like important games, like that's still going to be Draymond. So mm-hmm. I do sort of feel like there's a ceiling for him on this team. At like least for this year. For yeah. sure, yeah. Uh, but I like him too. Yeah, he has all the talent in the world. He could be incredible. Yeah. Like in two years, we yeah. could think about him like as <laughs> – like Aiton just jumped up so spectacularly. He was great. God damn. Yeah. Way to go Aiton. All right. We're actually going to take one more ad break. We'll be back in just a second. I'm going to resume. Okay. We are back. So my sophomores, we mentioned a few of them already. I want to point out my man. Whoa. Tyrese Maxey? No, mm-hmm. not Tyrese Maxey. We already said him. Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, even better. This dude, I think maybe could be better than De'Aaron Fox. I think maybe he could be the best player on the team. Uh, I, I really like is. him. Like there's, do I have their team up? I don't have their team up. Um, first of all, Sacramento is still the team that took Marvin Bagley, the third over Luca. So, and over and Trey. Over Trey. Yeah. yeah. And over Jaron Jackson. Like, Whatever. We don't need to go over it. Um, I There are De'Aaron Fox truthers, and then there's everybody else in the world. And De'Aaron Troth, the truthers are like pretty passionate about their love for him. I think he's fast, and he's dynamic, and he's great. I don't think he's irreplaceable. But Halliburton sort of seems to me like a dude that you could build a team around a dude that could lead a team. I love him. And I'm really excited. Like he's starting over buddy healed. Who's one of the best three point shooters in the NBA. So I feel like that's a vote in favor of my opinion. On the other hand, Luke Walton sucks and this team is stupid. So who knows? Maybe I'm totally wrong, but I love Halliburton. I love Halliburton too. Um, I honestly think that the ideal backcourt for these guys is Halliburton and Heald, but they've committed to Fox and it's kind of like, you know, you made your bed and I was sleeping. You, you got to kind of like, you can't bring Fox off the bench when you kind of made him out to be the franchise guy. 
but I do think Halliburton is probably the best of those three guards. And uh, you know who he kind of reminds me of a little bit? And, you know, this guy unfortunately had some injuries that derailed his career, but uh, Brandon Roy. He, he kind of reminds me of, of him a little bit. <laughs> he was sensational for like three years. And then those knees, I think, if I recall correctly, like his body just broke down and it was yeah. really sad. And but then I like they got Dame right away. So it was like, oh, Brandon who? Yeah. Yeah. But I think Caliburton, you know, he's kind of got that ability to play both guard spots and, um, he seems like a guy that's easy to play with, right? Like he doesn't seem like a guy who is going to be like a ball stopper, totally. um, but he can, but he can still score at a pretty decent clip. And, you know, when you look at the rest of their team, it's like Harrison Barnes, Marvin Bagley, Rashawn Holmes with Mo Harkless and Tristan Thompson off the bench. Uh, they've got Davion Mitchell, the other Yo, rookie. Yes. Um, but it looks like, I mean, who's going to score on this team? He's going to be able to take as many shots as he wants. So uh, I see scoring from like Fox, Halliburton, Barnes, and uh, and Heald. I think they all score at a pretty high clip. And, um, you know, because I don't really think that you're, you're going to have much offense from the rest of this roster. Would Heald and Fox equal Simmons? if you were the GM for the Sixers? It should, but I don't know. That actually seems like something that, who says no? I mean, it's a lot of money. I don't even know if the actual, like, financials work. But Yeah, like, throwing that out. But if you... Like, you have three guards, right? And you're not going to keep all three of them. You can't bring Buddy Heald off the bench for the rest of his contract. It's, mm-hmm. he, he's too valuable, and you're paying him too much. Like, you just can't do that. Um, Harrison Barnes is a professional basketball player. He's a dude that could fit in on basically any team. He has chips. Uh, I He's a constant trade target, like another sort of dude who you're like oh yeah consolation prize but maybe ends up being better than what you could have gotten otherwise where Sean Holmes is a real dude I love him he was a top 40 fantasy player in basic last year by the way if anybody wants to pick him up um, he's another he's another guy that you gives kind of gives you a little bit of everything right yeah. I mean, he can shoot yeah. three he can give you a few defensive stats and he's going to rebound and, and give you double double potential every night that he plays dude. So. And he played so well that like he basically supplanted Bagley. It like, I know they're starting Bagley at the four, but it's like, actually well, we have this other young center and it's like, you know, maybe we don't care too much. Well, no, they had, they had uh last year, they started off with, um, with uh, the big man that used to be on the, Oh, on has the heat. no, not you. Don't no, know. Fucking, he's on Utah now. Yeah, and he went to Portland. Uh, I can't, oh I can't think of his name. Who right cares? Now. Because he sucks, right? I know who you're talking White's, about. Hassan Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside. Whiteside. Yeah. 
Nice. Udonis is old enough to be his dad. Dude, I think Udonis is like still on the roster in Miami, though. <laughs> I swear to God, I think he's like still like he's somehow still on the roster. I think he um, officially retired this offseason. Good for him. Like, I that's so. what the Heat are so good at. Just like, yo, if you're with us, you're with us forever. We will always yeah. have a job for you. Dude, but yeah. like Sacramento should have, first of all, they should have Luca. Second of all, they just, they don't know what the, I mean, they almost traded Heald to the Lakers. And, you know, we can mm-hmm. argue against whether the Lakers made the correct decision getting Westbrook instead. I think Westbrook helps LeBron in a way that Heald can't. I think Westbrook can win regular season games by himself and Heald can't. And for LeBron, like it's just the playoffs. He should not care about the regular season. It's just seeding. So you should try to get dudes on your team who can win when you don't play. And I don't mean like come in for just like nine minutes or whatever. It's just like, okay, yes, you don't have to play this game and up back to back. But Sacramento, like, they they keep getting like pretty good players and then fucking them up. And you know, yeah. I I still don't think Luke Walton is a good coach. Like, no, would I, I rather have Stan does. Van Gundy? I don't want to really say that, except that like Stan Van Gundy at least like can get you to play better <laughs> defense. I'm not going Stan Van, but uh, I they're being held back taken. by Walton though. They definitely are. Yeah, point point taken. Point definitely taken there. Okay. So let's move on to players who are under 20% rostered. These are guys you can stream or put on your watch list or fucking pick up. Uh, You go first. We're going to do... Well, you have three. I have two. So why don't you go first? Okay. All three? Uh, No, just your first one. Okay. Uh, so my first one is Victor Oladipo. And look, obviously he's hurt and he's been hurt off and on for quite a while. But yeah. when ruptured healthy, tendon, dude, that's like after ruptured testicle, that's like the worst thing to rupture, I think. I mean, I guess you don't want your heart or your brain to rupture, but it's like, <laughs> you know, that's that's rough. Fucking yeah. one of his muscles just blew off his body. That's fucking well, insane. That's why he's owned in less than 20% of leagues. So there presents Good the point. opportunity. Uh, look, he's going to be out for a while. He's probably going to be one of those guys where even after he's back, you probably don't want to necessarily bring him off of your, your injured spot uh, right away. But, I mean, he's a guy that was a 20-point-per-game scorer yeah. before the injury, and he's going to be in a situation where I think he's going to get the opportunity um, to, to score as much as his body will kind of allow him. So um, that's one guy that, you know, is worth taking and taking a look at. It probably, you know, it's, it's a guy to think about more um, depending on kind of how your league's roster is set up um, if you have – you know, injured reserve spots that you can utilize for a while. He is almost like the Chris sale of this season for basketball. Like if he Mm -hmm. comes back at full strength and he's a hundred percent depot, 
that's the best free like that's the best trade acquisition that a team could make this season unless yeah. someone got Dame. You know, it's like Depot is a guy who is a two-way player. He's played in a lot of weird situations, but he seems to have picked up lessons each from from each place he's been and like he just a healthy depot fits so perfectly on this Miami team coached by the best coach in the NBA in Spo. Um, if you can put Lowry depot and Jimmy on the perimeter, that's pretty fucking good for your defense. Like that's really, really nice. Um, and if, you know, if they can all, well, Jimmy will score 20 plus, but like, but if, if Lowry and Depot are giving you like 16 or 18, you know, something like that, just like really solid numbers. I do feel like Miami has a ceiling and it's BAM ceiling. Like as, like, I think the heat are going to go as far this year as BAM can take them. It's not just Jimmy anymore. Like Mm -hmm. BAM is the next level. If he can get to like, you know, I'm almost where Giannis is, then that's a real fucking step in the right direction. Like he's better than Siakam to me. Like he, he, he could be a dude that is not like Kevin Durant to LeBron, but you know, like he's a, uh, He's the third best center in the league to me. Yeah, he, like he's a contemporary of Giannis. After, you know what I mean? Like Embiid and after Embiid and Jokic, I think he's the next guy for me. Mm. No cat, huh? Uh, I take I take Bam over Cat. I put Cat probably right there, but I, I think I take Bam. Cat's defense leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, that's great. the thing. If I knew I'm, if I know I'm getting consistent defense out of Cat, that's different. But totally, that's um, another dude who's like 24, 25 years old, and yeah. also had like the worst two years of his whole life. Yeah. Um, anyway, love Depot and love yeah, that Heat one. team. Wait, what are your thoughts on the Heat, real fast? Like, what do you? Uh, so I thought I was thinking about the Heat, you know, before we got on tonight, and. Um, <sighs> It's just so heatish, you know, like the way they're building this team. It's just I know like exactly let's what you're just, saying, dude. Let's double down on more guys that fit our culture and are like in their mid thirties and like let's just continue to just like get older. And I love all the guys. I love Lowry. I love Bucket. Sure. You know I love Buckets. I think that's of where course. they're I think that's where where the Sixers went wrong was, you know keeping Tobias and and not doing whatever they had to do to keep Jimmy buckets. But uh, I digress, but I, I love these guys. And I think if they all stay healthy, um, it could be interesting. I think they have a, their ceiling is capped. Like you said, kind of with Bam, we have to see Bam kind of go to take it to the next level. Um, but we also have to see if Tyler hero was for real or not. Cause yeah. like, that's yeah. a big question mark right now. If he is, that's, this is a completely different team, right? I mean, totally. He's bubble, bubble Tyler Hero. That's a completely different team. And if you get anything out of Oladipo, then it's interesting. So, 
if you have glass half full, let's say Depot is healthy and good, and Tyler Hero is healthy and good, then you all of a sudden have seven rotation players. You have seven starters. Like, because Duncan Robinson, the other guy in mm-hmm. the Heat, yep. is one of the most elite snipers in the NBA. Now, I love Duncan. Oh, love him too. Like, definitely not the best defender in the world, though. You know, no. it's like you'd probably want Depot out there to close if Depot's sinking shots just for his, you know, uh, perimeter defense as well. But the Heat have a sniper they have a young athletic center who can who seems to be just getting better they have one of the best well now they have two of the best like drive to the rim smart fucking can win you games just by will alone and lowry and jimmy buckets Mm -hmm. they like they're they're deep if everything goes right but if Tyler Hero isn't Tyler Hero, that's a problem. And if Depot isn't yeah. Depot, that's a problem. And, yeah. you know, if Jimmy's still tired, that's a problem. And if Lowry gets, like, 10% worse, that's a problem. Like, there's – the yeah, arrows exactly. are pointing up for Bam and Duncan, but I sort of feel like they're pointing horizontal or maybe even a little bit down for some of the other dudes. Yeah, that's the thing with those with these guys and uh if like i said if they're agreed with you if they're healthy i like this team but you're counting on a lot of guys to be like healthy and productive who um you know are not i mean even lowry like i love lowry but he's always hurt right and he's like um dude and it's 82 games this season like this is a full season yeah i mean so but i like it i like it and i like oh sure like I, I, it's definitely adds intrigue to the East for sure. So keep, and keep there, doing what you do, Miami. I, I approve. Totally. Don't ever, don't ever rebuild. And that's like another team where it's like they're prime for a trade. Like you, you can trade Duncan, mm-hmm. you can trade Hero, like no problem. I wish they had kept Precious. I really like Precious. I'm glad he's on Toronto, but like he felt like a really heat kind of player to me. Yeah. Yeah, that he was. He was a decent fit there, too. All right. My dude is a guy that every time I talk about him, I think he should be owned in 10% more of yeah. leagues the, than the time before. The MVP of the NBA last year was Nikola Jokic. Jokic, excuse me, the Joker, Denver Nuggets center. He's the... Best, you just muted yourself. Uh, he's the best passing big man, arguably, of all time. He is just fire lightning incredible. Jamal Murray is out injured. The starting point guard for the Denver Nuggets, a team that thinks it can get to the finals, a team with the MVP, a team... With Michael Porter Jr., who had one of the most efficient shooting seasons ever in NBA history last year and is seven minutes old and is probably going to get better vaccination status regardless. Monty Morris, 
is the starting point guard for the Denver Nuggets. He should be owned mm-hmm. in at least, I don't know, 37% of leagues. He should be rostered as a starting point guard who can get you like, you know, 15 and five regularly. Like he's a guy that you love to start at utility. You just love that. Or you love to start when you're starting point guard. Like he's, his minutes are safe. It's him and Faku Compazzo and that's Faku's shot is not falling right now. (laughs) He looked dreadful in the preseason, but I love him and I'm fucking picking him up in every single league I can. That's the that was that's the only thing with Morris and I looked at Morris yeah. as well and I like Morris but I just wonder you know Compazzo got a lot of those minutes in the playoffs um, oh yeah and he did all right I mean um, yeah like he's not going to score a ton for you uh, but he's going to get assists he can get some rebounds and he'll get a steal or two so uh, dude I, that was my only hesitation with Morris but I and do like Compazzo is like. I don't know, 31 or something like he's uh, he, he's been a world basketball player for a long time. Argentina, maybe uh, he like he's a champion. He's incredible. Yeah, uh, yeah, he is. We both love him. Yeah, like he has more talent than Monty Morris. It's just that he's older and like maybe can't shoot, which are problems in the NBA. But his passing <laughs> yeah. with Joker is so sexual like it is one of the coolest goddamn fucking things in the NBA. It, oh man, I love that and, shit. I wish Rubio on was on defense, the same too. He's just yeah. like always yeah. moving, and he's just a guy that just like is a pest to the other guard and total uh, irritant. Yeah, and he's a and he's a bigger guard too. So I I like Morris, but I think that they're gonna kind of go at the hot hand with Compazzo and Morris. So that's that's the only reason I didn't go with Morris, but I also like Morris. Dude, I when I drafted Compazzo either last year or two years ago, or maybe just picked him up as a free agent, you were like, who the fuck is that? And I was like, the magician. Let me fucking show you some highlights that I just saw on Twitter. I'm in love with him. Now you're in love with him. He if he dude, like if he can hit his shots, he's gonna be one of the coolest players in the NBA this year. But that's a good point. Like Monty Morris has competition and this early in the season, you're going to get a little bit of a longer leash just because you know how long the season is. But on the other hand, with the Nuggets, they might not have much margin for error. Mm -hmm. Like you'd rather have home court advantage, especially if Jamal's not coming back. And it's not like a fucking sure thing that you wouldn't fall into the playing game, you know? Yeah. Like there's it, it it's tough. Okay, so who's your second one? Uh okay, so my second guy is, and I hope I'm not butchering his name, is uh Alpern Singun. Sounds good and to me. This is a guy who, if you're in dynasty leagues, uh You've obviously probably heard of this guy at this point. If not, um, you should definitely check him out. Uh, But this guy was absolutely, you know, usually we see a lot of these bigs, these young bigs that get drafted from overseas and they are all projection. 
but not this guy. This guy was absolutely dominant in Turkey last year, and yeah. uh, he came over and he's picked up where he left off in this in the summer league and in the preseason. And uh, this guy looks like he could be a double double, and he's on Houston, and you know, winning the fantasy championship last season was partially to do with the guys I had on my team going into the playoffs, but partially it had to do with just picking up guys on Houston because I mean, sure. Kenyon Martin jr. And uh, Kelly Olenek and, you know, Houston just gave the green light. So I think it's going to be the same situation this year. They are not going to ridicule any of their players for taking shots um, it's going to be green light for Jalen Green and for for um, Porter and uh, and you know I think Sengun's going to be you know he could end up being the third or fourth you know option in the, on this team and he's going to be able to you know definitely get a healthy share of rebounds too. Um, oh, so yeah. he's a guy that I like. He's a rookie, um, so you all you always have that upside when you whenever you pick up a rookie and. Um, you know, he's only owned and and probably I think about 18 or 19% of leagues right now. Like Houston and OKC are similar to me in terms of like, they don't actually give a shit about how many games they win. They just want to make sure that they're giving their players the minutes they deserve. Mm-hmm. And they're like getting better. Like you're, you're developing. That's what they care about this year and with houston singoon is an old school center like this motherfucker isn't going to shoot threes he's like dancing in the paint he's all about footwork he's been going up by the way like these europeans it's like luca like these motherfuckers were going up against guys with families you know what i'm talking about it's like these he's been playing 32 year olds Yeah. yeah yeah like and Turkey has a real league with real players. There's absolutely like there's real reason to believe that Sengun. Now again, this is a tall ass fucking dude with all of the caveats with injury that goes along with that. But like this guy seems to own the paint. He looks like he knows what he's fucking doing, and. Just like you said, like he's going to get all the opportunity in the world, really. Like, I mean, the only focus point is Christian Wood, but like, do you really owe Christian Wood? Like, you gave him money. Like, you don't, you don't need to fucking feed him well, plays. Like, and he I can think get that's... his points on his own. Like, we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're concentrating on our young guys. Also, like, maybe you're traded. You know, like, what the fuck did we care? Yeah, that's why I said third, third, maybe fourth option, because you, you have to factor, you know, Wood is probably in there at least to start, like you said, to start the year. But who's to say Wood doesn't get traded, right? Dude, um, and, you know, like, Wood has played with bigs. Like, you, I, I mean, I think that another thing with young rosters is that you get to experiment a lot and just throw lineups out there and see what works, you know, see how people do. Mm-hmm. And like in Cleveland, they're going to play Mobley at the three with Jared Allen at the five and the finisher at the four. Like they're going to do that. Yeah. 
Well, I, I, I thought that maybe they were putting the finisher at the three, but yeah, same or, difference, sure. right? Right. Um, and then two yeah, undersized then, guards. That fucking team is going to be that, so silly this year, dude. Oh yeah, God. that was that was one of the teams that I absolutely <laughs> can't stand. It's like, hmm, we've got two undersized guards that are a problem on defense. How do we fix that? Let's play a bunch of power forwards out of position. Absolutely, right. And give them a lot of money. Let's give <laughs> let's, every single fucking one of them a lot of money. Like, Let's put Lori Markkinen and Kevin defense. Love. Yeah. And neither of them can play defense. And they're not yeah. even really that good at threes. Like they're good, but it's not like, oh my God, you're Yeah. Ugh. They're not Sadiq Bays. You know what I'm saying? That just they are kidding. not. So who's your but, second guy? Okay, just one more thing for Houston is that um Oh yeah. I I really felt bad for the coach last year because of the Harden thing. And like it was the whole season was basically like sabotaged. And that's that just sucks on an individual level for a coach that isn't established. Like that was mm-hmm. his first head coaching job. And now this year it's sort of like, okay, cool, this is my team, and I sort of get to do what I want with it. And like there's no expectations, and I can really coach them up. And I can like really be creative and uh maybe help these players discover things about themselves that they didn't know they could do. And I always really appreciate those coaches because they're the ones who sort of unlock the talent and maybe they're not the best, you know, play callers, you know, maybe they're not the best playoff coaches, but they're the ones that help get the players to where they should be. Yeah. For sure. They're like the blue collar coaches. Yeah. The Stan vans of the world. Yeah, I I mean, like Stan Van has been the Pelicans job was stupid from day one. And like everyone knew that, like everyone said that it was ridiculous. Why are you fucking doing something like that? It's and, like every job he that he, those coaches get, everyone knows that they're going to eventually get fired. But that doesn't yeah. mean that they can't do a good job, right? Like right. they can still do a good job and get fired four years later. Dude, and Bruce Brown was the example where it's like, okay, they kept him three years too long. Like, your job is to lose and help develop our young players. Like, mm-hmm. you worked for the Spurs, you know how to do that, uh, and he does. And he did develop the young players. Yep. It's just that, like, he's not the best at X's and O's and wasn't the best, you know, he's not popping the playoffs. And, like, you know, Doc... Is he? I don't know. Is he? That's a that's There's... another topic for another day. Yeah. Okay. So I could go on about that, dude. Like, but it's sort of like the Bill James thing with errors, where it's like you have to be able to get to the ball in order to make an error, and like Doc gets you to the playoffs. Like he gets you to the playoffs. The I yeah, mean, they fuck up when they get there, but getting to the playoffs is important. Okay, True. so my second player, we already mentioned Blake. I would like to just say that Devin Vassell, I'm going to do it. Devin Vassell on the Spurs, who is not starting for them. I'm still in love with him. I think he could end up being the best player on that team. Whoa. Um, the Spurs in general 
are underwhelming but have the power of a wave where they can just like swarm you like everyone's arms are seven feet long you know and like not everyone is shooting 37% from three, but a bunch of people are shooting like 35 or 34. And that's a team that doesn't seem like it's a trade away from being dangerous, but I actually think that they are like, everyone sort of feels like, okay, well they'll get rid of Derek white or they'll get rid of DeJounte. But what if they traded for somebody? Like there were some rumors about trying to get Ben that's interesting. Yeah. Um, like there's there's reason to believe that the Spurs don't like the idea that everyone's being like, oh yeah, well you need to be bad for a few years. Like they signed Demar Derozan, they signed Lamarcus Aldridge. Like they they tried to win. I think that they they're not really a team that trades, but this could be a year where they do because there could be opportunities and, you know, Mm -hmm. like, is anyone on their team untouchable? I don't think so. No. And I think they have a lot of guys who are kind of thought of as in the same kind of breath, as far as like age, talent, where they are in the developmental curve, right? They've got DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Lonnie Walker, Devin Vassell, um, Bryn Forbes, and then they've got veterans now. Yeah, that Bryn they... Forbes, who has a ring, by the way, because he was on the Bucks. Yep, and Keldon Johnson. Um, and then they, they've got the veterans, Doug McDermott, Thad Young. And then this year, finally, Jakob Pertl gets gets the full-time job at, at right. the five. Dude, um, and like Thad Young, like uh, I know a bunch of Bulls fans who are like, well, I'd rather have Thad Young than DeChosen. DeChosen doesn't play defense and he can't shoot threes and like, he's not going to be asked to be like a distributor. Like he was in San Antonio. Like that was a real downgrade. They lost like that young could work on any team. He is a really good basketball player. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, the bulls. That's another topic. That yeah. roster construction. I mean, I'm glad like good for them for getting Lonzo. Because I yeah, just think love, he's great. Love, love the love the Lonzo signing. Uh, don't love the rest, but I guess Caruso is fine. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, that doesn't so- make any sense. Like, also, just don't give like big contracts to bench players. Like that's stupid. Yeah. You don't need to do that. But uh, talk 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 me into Devin Vassell's path to playing time. Okay. So it's basically all about the defense. If he's not listed as a starter on the depth chart right now, mainly because the Spurs, like it's basically Doug McDermott for scoring. Like the, mm-hmm. you're, you can't expect too much of any of these guys for scoring. <laughs> That's not what they do except for D McD, another dude who could be traded like pretty easily. But uh, Vassell's impact as a defender, I think, could work in tandem with DeJounte Murray better than Derek White. I think Derek White is maybe better as a sixth man. Like, come off the bench, provide a little bit of a jolt. Vassell and DeJounte together is insane with the defense. It's just insane. 
And I think that's a pretty good recipe to start out a young NBA career. Like you're, you're on a team that has developed players who didn't have shots before they got there. Like, you know, that's true. They helped make Kawhi and everybody's hoping for the next Kawhi and everyone thinks that they can do it. But the Spurs are the only team who are like, yeah, we did it. Mm -hmm. So, and he left, but still it's, uh, I, I don't think that there's any reason to believe that the coaching and development acumen in San Antonio has gotten worse. I just don't think that they've been as lucky with getting players as they used to be. Yeah. Well, and it's got it's gotten more competitive. Right. And they spent, you know, like value on getting DeMar and LMA. Yep. And then LMA retired for health reasons and now he plays for the nets pretty nice okay who's your third player all right my third player is kind of a temp fill-in um but a guy who's shown that when he gets the opportunity um he can do a pretty good job and that's daniel gafford um Mm. so thomas bryant is penciled in to be the starter in Washington at the five, but he's injured and he looks like he's going to be out for, I think he might be out for a month. Um, So during that time, Gafford's going to get the start. And, you know, last year when Gafford started, um, he was a pretty consistent double, double. Um, I mean, he was a guy who could, he's, it wasn't flashy, um, but he was a guy who was going to flirt with the double, double pretty much any night. He got 25 minutes. Um, so that's a guy I like as a guy who could give you, you know, some really good production for, you know, however long Brian's out and maybe even longer. Gafford's only 23 years old and, um, you know, who's to say that he couldn't potentially challenge Brian who's had, had injury concern, you know, for the last couple of years. So, so I like Gafford. Um, he's, he's owned in, I think about 12, maybe 14% of ESPN leagues. Um, so yeah, not sexy, not sexy, but dude, you'll, you'll like it in the, in the points rebounds. And if you're, if your league counts, double doubles, you'll, you'll definitely like it. And I liked how he played with Beal. Like I mm-hmm. just sort of liked how that team looked in the latter half of last season. I mean, like once Russ got healthy last year, they went on a tear and they had one of the best five records in the second half of the season, if I recall correctly. But, uh, you know, these new look wizards are pretty interesting. Like I like Gafford. I like Thomas Bryant. I don't really like Montrez on this team. Uh, I don't know. Spencer Dinwiddie, former piston Contavious Caldwell Pope, former piston. Uh, Yeah. Veggie Denny, a, a, a veggie. I'm not butchering his name. Avdija, something like Avdija. that. Yeah, Rui Hachimura. Like they have a I bunch see. of like fours that yeah. like maybe can't shoot the three. Although Kuzma was better. Like I do think like Kuz isn't listed as the starter right now. It's Rui, but I bet by the end of the season, it's Kuzma out there. Like at least closing yeah. games. Um, I like those you... guys around, around, yeah. around Brad uh, a lot more. It's actually, not a terrible a, team, dude. It's not. Like, this is actually was one of the teams that I liked. 
Yeah, this is it's complimentary is what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like Brad is our dude. Everybody else can do things that sort of help him do his thing. Um, You know, we don't really give a shit about any of these guys to the point like where we wouldn't trade them for something just a little bit better. Uh, It's also a team with a little bit of spunk. You know, like mm-hmm. KCP has chips and is a good defender, a good 3 and D guy. Spencer Dinwiddie is trying to sell options off his own body. Like, yeah. I love the mayor. I've always loved the mayor. He's great. Uh, they have young dudes, and they have coups. And, you know, and Brad Beal, it seems like all indications he he's, yeah. doesn't want to go anywhere. So they've yeah, got totally. him locked in. So, so there were all these trade rumors. About oh, wait, him, and they have the Latvian laser, right? Yeah, they have Davis Bertans. I forgot about him. They have who they gave $80 million over four years, I think. Like, they're going to be playing him. They have to. They gave him too much money. That's another guy. Like, I don't know how, what percentage of leagues he's owned in, but I, I, I always guarantee love. you it's less than 20. Yeah, he's my third dude. <laughs> sure. Why not? There's no fucking way he's owned it over the because he's like not even like the backup, but like I I bet he gets a bunch of fucking play. Um, he's a guy that'll is... always out out produce. Okay, wherever you pick him up. This is a team that has less talent overall, I think, than the Knicks. But I do sort of feel like maybe this team is better than the Knicks. Um. Just because, like, Bradley oh, Beal's better than Julius, and, like, Julius is sort of the ceiling for the Knicks, and Brad's the ceiling for the Wizards. I mean, I hate to be that reductive, but it's like, you know, no, usually in a basketball game, like, the best player wins. I think that you're probably right, but I think that given the cast of characters we're talking about, I don't think they figure it out this year, but I think if you keep the core of this Wizards team together for like two, maybe three years, they could be all right. But it's going to take some time for like Kuzma and Harrell and those guys to figure out how Dinwiddie, like all, you know, Dinwiddie's a guy that'll probably come in and be good right away. He fits in wherever he goes. Um, He's had to shit. Like all these dudes are like dudes that have been on multiple teams. Yeah. Except for Brett. But I do like I do like this cast. Agreed. Okay, here's my last question. This is the last question for the night. Sure. We've gone long, but it's the fucking season's about to start tomorrow. We're excited. No regrets. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts, either optimistic, pessimistic, cynical, or just off the cuff, about R.J. Barrett? Um, I like RJ Barrett. I think that RJ Barrett is going to continue to develop. I think he's a guy that is a guy that I'm totally happy to have on my team and have him be a a piece that we're thinking we're going to build around long-term. I don't necessarily like RJ Barrett as potentially being the guy on my team. Um, So his season, I'm not a huge college basketball guy compared to some of my friends, 
but that year when he, it was Barrett, Zion, and Cam Reddish at Duke, yeah. I watched as many of those games as I could. And, sure. you know, I probably saw at least, you know, 12 parts of like 12 games or something. And I just felt like when the pressure was on, I didn't see – Barrett rise to the occasion I would see him Hmm. kind of tighten up and look I get it you know he was playing in some huge games and uh he was like you know five years old but um you know there's just certain guys that just you know you just see it in them and Zion was like that guy right away right you watch him play you just see like okay yeah this guy is ready for the moment. Um, but I do think that Barrett is a guy that can be really good in the league for a while. And, um, you know, maybe even similar to like a Paul George kind of role where he's like a guy who can be an all-star, but is probably more of like a second best player on a, on a championship contender. Um, I don't know. What about you? I'm with you, man. Like, it's really hard to see him as the number one option unless he turns into a guy that can score you 30 mm-hmm. and, like, and, and be an elite perimeter defender. There's, there's a cast of usual suspects who you have to get through in the playoffs right now. And every single fucking one of them is taller than RJ Barrett. You know, like yeah. for the position that he plays. So, well, they're not going to be there probably in five years. Not all of them anyway. Like that's the sort of dude that we're hoping he could turn into. And yeah. I think, you know, that's what we were hoping for DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish too. Just like elite perimeter guys that can get you buckets and, you know, be the number one or number two on a finals team right and we still don't really know if that's the case with paul george like we think it is but we don't know Mm -hmm. um but like rj if the knicks are going to make a big trade it seems like rj is either going to be the guy that they trade or the guy that they keep which suggests that like he's gonna have to work with the next guy like there's they're basically making a decision about RJ Barrett. Do we get rid of him or do we keep him? And if you keep him, I don't think that you can trade for someone who's worse than he is. You have to get somebody better. And those dudes are out there, but it's like, let's say you got Dame. Is RJ Barrett on Dame's timeline? No. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, RJ Barrett is more on Ben Simmons timeline. I think, yep. you know, like someone else who's really young, but maybe just like a couple of years older. The problem with the NBA right now, and it's not a problem, but like one of the things that stands out is that there seems to be a pretty big gulf between the older elite veterans and the younger stars and like Giannis is sort of in the middle, like he's 27 years old. So he's not 33 and he's not 23, but you know, it's like, it's Luca and Deandre and Trey. And then it's LeBron and Kawhi and Paul George 
and yeah. Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler. And then Giannis is just like 27 and he's like, oh, and Kevin Durant is 32, I think. Giannis is entering his prime. I know. That motherfucker was... played with a hyperextended knee and won the finals and it didn't even look like a thing. Like, no, we just yeah. haven't like mentioned the Bucks at all, really. And this is a podcast that's coming out like the day of the start of the NBA season. Giannis is the champion and there's no reason to believe he won't get better. Like he's, yep. we should have had the whole pod just about how incredible he is. His floater is he... deadly now. I'll be honest, I you know, Giannis was more of your guy than my guy over the years. Uh, but what he did in the playoffs this year, he took it to another level. And, you know, if the Nets are healthy, does, you know, is it a different situation? Sure. If but Kevin Durant wears shoes day, that actually fit him instead of going a size too big. <laughs> but at the end of the day, all Giannis did was win the game's that they put in front of him and, and get all the way to the finals and handle business. And he was, he took it to another level. So it'll be interesting to see if he can sustain that level. Now, if that's the new Giannis, cause if that is, right. then yeah, it's pretty tough to, for, I mean, he's right. If he gets to Jordan level and it's like, Oh shit, he unlocked something. And now it's just like, yeah. he's always like this. That's a big fucking problem. For Which is everyone in the NBA for sure. For his sure. game is still really raw. I mean, if you think yeah. about it, it's like you know, all the superstars they eventually go and like spend the summer with like Hakeem Olajuwon and like learn right. a post game. It's like he hasn't right. even done that yet. Like you know, he's he's that's coming. You know, that's coming. Like in two years, they're gonna be like, oh yeah, he's he was with he lived with Hakeem for a month and a half and just like worked on his left hook. Right. It's like, listen, man, we're just going to do steps for the first two weeks. Like, we're not even going to use our hands. It's like, you got to dream basketball. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to. So, no, I I, um, think that Giannis is prized for a. If you guys were looking for fantasy advice, uh, Giannis is good. (laughs) Giannis is really good. Like, he is. I don't think that he's going to be the number one player in fantasy this year. I think maybe that will be Cat, because I sort of feel like Cat might just go off. And he gets like, to just fuck do what everybody. He wants. Yeah, like this is for my mom. This is all my fucking frustration. This is to remind everybody like how good I fucking am. Um, also, I have an actual coach now. It's not just like the former dude's son, <laughs> which is fucking ridiculous. I don't care how nice he is. That's outrageous. Um, there's a bunch of collisions that are going to happen this year because this is legitimately, realistically, the last year that LeBron could get an MVP. Um Rudy Gobert could be going for another defensive player of the year. So could Giannis. Kawhi isn't playing. Paul George could be going for MVP. Uh, there's, mm-hmm. there's just so many things that are going to have a head-on collision this year, especially because Westbrook is in L.A., and so, like, can't cause havoc with, like, a non-playoff team that's, like, suddenly makes 
the playoffs and you're like, oh yeah, because they have Westbrook. It's like, no, 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 no. If this doesn't work with LeBron, that is an indictment of your career. Yeah. That's a fucking problem. And it's just, you know, like we we haven't seen the NBA look this good in a while. There's only four teams that are legitimately tanking. And everybody else like has a pretty good shot at making a play in game. Who do you think's the worst team in the NBA? I mean, I think the Pistons have a good chance to win the fewest games, but I think Orlando has a ridiculous roster. Like, why they just... Yeah, I think Orlando is the worst team by far. I like the Pistons a lot more than I like Orlando. And, like, the Thunder, like, at least have, like, more talent. Like, SGA is leaps and bounds better than anybody on Orlando. Like, unless you know, Jalen pops. Um, but like Orlando could be really, really bad. Like yeah. is Wendell Carter jr. Good. We thought he, but he has, he's another guy that just hasn't really gotten better since his rookie year. Yeah. He's like so passive and it, you're like, why are you do like fucking hurt somebody like get in their face. And they, I've, they, they always Carter have centers. And together Dude, they can be a mo know. bamba contract year and i fucking bet you like he <laughs> averages a double double and they give him money and he's never good again i fucking wait bet you, you are you are you putting that are you calling that right now uh, a, good, a good season out of bamba oh well good season means double double yeah i'm calling that mo bamba okay. gets a double double same thing with valanchunas like valanchunas is going to have a good season and oh, he's I, never going to be as good again I love Valachunas for this year. I don't I am I'm not sure about Mobamba, but I like the aggressive call. I like that team is so fun. they they re-signed Fultz. You know, like there's just yeah, to be their fifth point guard. And I do like Cole Anthony. Like I think he's sort of a fun player. Too. But like this whole team is all about Jalen. Like fuck everybody else, right? You don't care about anybody else in the oh I guess Jonathan Isaac, but who knows when he's coming back. Yeah. Like Jalen both of the Jalens could be special. Like I really like that they went high in the drafts. I think I think both those guys are gonna be pretty solid NBA players. Both of the rookie Jalens. Mm-hmm. Jalen well, yeah, but there's three. There's the other Jalen as well. Johnson, I think. Oh, yeah. Jalen Johnson. Dude, go blue, by the way. Fucking Jalen. Oh, you're the best. Everyone's Jalen now. That's absolutely <laughs> yeah, phenomenal. There's, there's multiple Jalens in each draft class. Dude, where are all the Juwans, though? Fuck, man. Juwans <laughs> getting Michigan to the fucking goddamn finals this year. He's going to be in the title game. He's all happy. Yeah. I'm so happy for him. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, All right, man. Great. Well, this was the end of our inaugural episode. I hope everybody enjoyed it. We went long, but it's the start of the season and we had to get some shit off our chests. Uh, yeah, we, we will couldn't hopefully help our... go ahead. Sorry. I just said we couldn't help ourselves. Yeah. And that's going to be the way it is all season. So, you know, check back next week. And maybe we'll even have a name going forward. We'll see how it goes. Anybody 
have any suggestions, holler at us on faketeams.com. Enjoy the first week of NBA basketball. It starts on Tuesday night with Bucks and Nets and Lakers and Warriors. And those are two fucking great games. That's a great way to start the season. They got it right. The NBA got it right. They absolutely did. Dude, and like, it's funny because like, Kai played with LeBron and he's on the Nets and he won't be playing (laughs) in either of those games. Whoops. Anyway, have a good week, y'all. Take care, guys.